my god! Okay, it's happening! Everybody stay calm! What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! Wait, 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 wait! Everybody, calm down! That was an overreaction. There will be no refund! Your refund will be escaping this death trap with your life! Hey Mariners fans, welcome to the Soto Mojo Podcast. Uh... Man, this is a really tough way to open the show. Uh, I'm sure you guys have all heard by now, uh, but just in case you've been living under a rock, Shohei Otani will not be a Seattle Mariner. He will, in fact, be playing for the, uh, I hate saying this, for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, that crappy franchise. But anyways, we are here to talk about that and some other things that are happening in Mariners baseball, and joining us today is Soto Mojo contributor Dan Clark. Dan? Uh, just, you know, you just mentioned to me that you just woke up to the news, um, what, five, ten minutes after it broke, and, uh, that was how you started your morning, so why don't you go ahead and tell us how you're feeling right now about the Mariners missing out on Shohei Otani. Hi, Kobe. How are you, mate? Yeah, mate. Been uh, better. It's, <laughs> it's currently five to eight on a Saturday morning in, in Australia, on the East Coast. Um, I woke up to my phone going absolutely ballistic about, oh, it would have been an hour and a half ago now. And honestly, when I first picked it up, I wasn't sure if I was dreaming or not. I thought, oh, this has to be a nightmare. <laughs> um, the Angels, I just, I don't understand it. And I suppose the big wild card in this is, like, Everybody, even from the start, was saying the Yankees and the Mariners were going to be the favourites. But nobody knew what Otani was going to do. And even afterwards, like, I don't think anybody really gave the Angels much of a chance, even when they were down to the last seven teams. And it's just, yeah, nobody knew what Otani was going to do. I have no idea what the Angels told them in that meeting. But he must have spun some really, really good, good words to um to make him go to Anaheim. I've been to Anaheim a couple of times, and um, not sure if you want to live there, but hey, <laughs> whatever works for him, I suppose. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly tough to, uh, you know, we're we're never gonna know where the Mariners went wrong or if they went wrong at all. Uh, we just we weren't in the meetings. We don't know. We don't know what uh, Otani was looking for. Um, whatever it was, he thought he found it in the Angels. Um, it's a bummer because it's a division rival. But um, I will say that uh, as far as that goes, the Angels are still uh, worse than the Mariners. Believe it or not, the Mariners have a more talented roster. Um, I know nobody wants to hear that right now because all they're thinking about is Mike Trout and Shohei Otani playing together, which admittedly sucks. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, I, I agree with you. I think it was certainly a surprise for me. If I had to rank the top seven, um, I think the Angels probably would have been sixth, maybe, yeah. just ahead of the Cubs. Or uh, Yeah, no, that's basically what I was thinking. I was thinking... 
Seattle, San Diego, the Giants were the top yeah. three. Um, yeah. And then probably the Dodgers, mm-hmm. the Rangers, sort of really close behind. And then the Angels and the Cubs. So, yeah, yeah it, like you said, it, it is what it is. Um, I don't think... I think you've been sort of putting it out on the Soto Mojo Twitter a few times. I don't think it's going to make or break the Mariners off-season. Like, sure, everybody would have loved to have Otani because the Mariners are currently, I suppose, stuck in the middle there um, each and every year, and this would have pushed them a lot closer to the postseason and sort of further on. But, like you said, I think the Mariners have still got a lot better uh, current roster than the Angels. Yeah, I... It's uh, <laughs> I have no problem with people being uh, bummed uh, with the Otani thing. Um, I'm bummed. You know, I, w- I was really looking forward to it. Um, you know, in the back of my I was very guarded about this whole thing. I didn't want to just be like, oh, they're getting Otani and that be that. Um, mainly because I just did not know what Otani was looking for. You know, there were all kinds of reports of what he was wanting, but we don't know. He's a 23-year-old kid. He's coming over to America for the first time. So everything we were talking about is it's all just speculation. We don't know. So I was always trying to just stay guarded for that possibility. Um, you know, honestly, if this were if he had signed with the the Giants or the Padres or whatever, I would have been disappointed, but I wouldn't have been nearly as upset as I am now. Um, just, you know, it's the Angels. I hate the Angels. I hate Mike Sosha. You know, the only good thing about the Angels is Mike Trout. And now I exactly. guess Shohei Otani. So it's exactly that I have to care about the Angels, but I'm certainly going to. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm not still interested to see what Otani can become. Yeah, that's right. And I was speaking to my um, fiance Emily, yesterday, actually, and we were sort of saying about Otani and all that sort of stuff and, I remember saying a few days ago, if he went to 28 of the 30 teams, I would root for pretty hard for Otani, even if it wasn't for the Mariners. If it was Padres or the Giants or the Dodgers, I'd be still rooting for him because he could be that once-in-a-generation sort of type player and change. He could basically change the game with being a two-way player. The only two teams I'd didn't want Atani to go to is the Yankees, like basically everybody else, and the Angels. So, <laughs> yeah, like you said, it's we're, we're disappointed, but I think Justin going to the Angels just makes basically every Mariners fan ropeable. But, yeah, yeah, you can do what you can do, and like you said, we've got to, now we've got to be a lot smarter, and unless we want to sort of still sit in that middle, which I think I think the Angels are still sort of in the middle. It'll be interesting to see what their next move is. If they go, right, now we've got Otani. We've already signed Justin Upton to a, an upgraded deal. We're going to go all in and go big. Um, so I'm pretty sure Josh Hamilton's contracts are off the books now as well. Yep. Um, so they could go 
absolutely ballistic in this free agent class. And there's there's limited starting pitching. Um, but they could sort of go get two or three really big names. But yeah, it's it's interesting to sort of see where it all sits. And I think it's a bit of a bookmark for, for Jerry DePoto. I think now that he's missed out on Otani, he can go, right, it starts from here. We either go all in or we just sort of plot along and tear it down in a little while. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see where Depoto goes from here. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, it's interesting you mentioned that uh, a while back on Twitter. I uh, retweeted the uh, a tweet from David Skiba, who's part of Dome and Bedlam and formerly of Lookout Landing. Um, he had a really good uh, point on this. He tweeted, uh, "This is Jerry Depoto's defining moment as the GM of the Seattle Mariners." Not losing the Otani sweepstakes, but what he does next. And it's really hard to disagree with that. I mean, there's 29 other teams that lost the Otani sweepstakes. And, uh, you know, Jerry Depoto was certainly one of the most aggressive bidders. And uh, I think that's probably a pretty good place to transition to, uh, you know, all the things that Jerry Depoto tried to do to get Otani to come here, including some big trades. Um, in which my num my addition skills are correct, and they're probably not added up to uh, 3.25 million dollars they added in that international slot money over the last four months to try and get Otani to come here. In the end, it didn't work. But does that mean, in your opinion, does that mean that the deals were failures? What do you think? No, I don't think they were failures. Um, I know a lot of people on Mariners Twitter, which is going absolutely ballistic at the moment. Um, we're blowing up about all the prospects um, that we gave away. Um, and I was listening to Jason Churchill's Prospect Insider podcast out the other day, and he, he was sort of spot on when he said, just because the guys are ranked highly doesn't mean they're sort of good overall prospects. Like a number a number ten prospect in the Mariner system, he's in some of the other MLB systems. It's not even going to reach in the top thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, so just because they're sort of ranked really highly, um, Nick Knight, he was he was sort of like a solid prospect, but his ceiling wasn't sort of ever going to be that ace or that top one or two. I think his ceiling was probably. I might even be a little bit low on him, but I think his ceiling might have been like a number four um, mm-hmm. starting pitcher in the big. So, like, I can't bash Jerry at all for what he did. Like, I I love a GM that goes out and takes takes a risk. And Jerry's going to come out in the next day or so and go, look, we gave Otani absolutely everything we could. And, and that's all you can really say for him. Um, like, all the people bashing Jerry DePoto on Twitter this morning, it was just, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't right, basically. Um, you can't bash Jerry for what he did. He saw, he must have thought he had a legit shot to get a player that can change our whole franchise and the future of our franchise. Did it work? No, it didn't. Um, but I don't think he gave up all that sort of all that much. I'm probably higher on 
uh, Torres that we gave up um, in the D Gordon deal, then probably Nick Knight it. Yeah, it's uh, I'm right there with you. Uh, just to kind of put a bow on all of this for now. Um, in the last, I believe it's a little bit, a uh, little bit more than a hundred days. Um, this all kicks off originally with them trading Raider Escano, who might make it to the big leagues for a few years as a utility guy. That's a big if. They traded him for Mike Leak in seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in international slot money. They traded Tiago Vieira for $500,000 in slot money. That's a guy with a great fastball and not much else. Uh, they traded David Banuelos for a million dollars in international slot money. That's a career backup catcher. Um, one that I like. Uh, I, he's really he's a really good defensive catcher. I'm not sure if he's going to hit enough to be an everyday guy, but he's a decent player. But you got a million dollars for him. Um, and then, of course, you get the, the big deal yesterday. You get D. Gordon and a million dollars for a slew of prospects, including Chris Torres and Nick Neidert. So what you gave up, what in what you gave up, you also added Mike Leak, who right now is your number three starting pitcher, and a pretty good one at that. And you got uh, D. Gordon, who's going to be your starting center fielder and probably your leadoff hitter. So to all the people who say that this was a complete waste and Jerry destroyed the farm system, there was nothing to destroy. The Mariners farm system was bad when he got here. It's bad now. And yeah, you know what? He gave up Nick Neidert, who is a name that most people have heard of. And he get, but you know what he got for Nick Neidert? He got D Gordon. I mean, it's not like he traded him for a million dollars straight up. He got a starting caliber all-star. D. Gordon was an all-star last year who stole 60 bases. He can play second. He can play short. Um, we're going to see if he can play center, but his athleticism certainly makes it look like he can be at least a good center fielder, if not a great one. Um, and he gave he gave up prospects who are, like in most systems, Nick Neidert is the number 10 prospect in that system. You know, Chris Torres is probably, you know, somewhere in that 15 to 18 range in most systems. So to sit here and say that Jerry DePoto has absolutely destroyed the Mariners' farm system, it's not true at all. He's added Kyle Lewis. He's added Evan White. He's added Sam Carlson. And by the way, he's added Mitch Haniger, Gene Segura, Ben Gamble, Guillermo Heredia, Ryan Healy. These are all guys, Dee Gordon, these are all guys who are under 30 and are going to be with the Mariners for at least three or four years. Um, so if you're in that camp that says Jerry DePoto has destroyed the Mariners, Shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. This is a risk you absolutely take. And by the way, the deals are still incomplete because we don't know what he's going to go spend that money on now. If he goes and gets three of the top 30 prospects remaining, your farm system's probably better off. I mean, granted, they're going to be further away from helping you than Nick Neidert was. But you look at the prospects that Topoto gave up, other than Vieira and Neidert, the other three were maybe major leaguers in three years. You got better today because of the deals that he made. And so, you know, I guess I guess that'll be the end of my rant. But it really does drive me nuts that people out there are saying that Jerry DePoto has destroyed the Mariners' farm system for nothing. It wasn't for nothing. He got you a number four starting pitcher and an all-star base stealer and potential center fielder or second baseman of the future. So he didn't get nothing. For the guys he gave up. I actually think he did very well. 
And like you said, I really like a general manager who says, this is what I want. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get it. He's creative. He works with what he has. And the Mariners have gotten better this week, whether you'd like to admit it or not. So that'll end my rant. But uh, yeah, Jerry Depoto has not made the Mariners worse since he's got here. He's made them. He's made the major league team much better. And the minor league set and the minor league system is only is at best a little bit worse. So that's the end of my rant. But <laughs> no, I'm I'm exactly right there with you. Um, yeah, Depoto has done nothing to sort of decimate the farm um, when it comes to guys that are going to be legit MLB everyday players. So. Yeah. I think the only trade that he made, and this, this trade didn't even have anything to do with Otani, I just think it was an error in judgment, is trading Tyler O'Neill for Marco Gonzalez. I, I didn't like it then, then, I don't like it now, but you know what? Every GM, GMs are going to make bad trades. Jerry Depoto certainly made a few other bad trades. But these deals he made to try and get Otani, they were absolutely worth the risk. And now we'll just wait and see what uh, what he can bring in with the money. He's going to spend that money still. And if he goes and he gets Julio Pablo Martinez or he gets uh, Candelario, who's a guy he's been linked to in the past, those guys are going to slide into the Mariners' top 10 prospects right away. So we'll wait and see what happens there. Now, in my long rant, I mentioned D. Gordon. <laughs> so uh, that's the other big Mariner news. Um, the Mariners acquired D. Gordon uh, yesterday for uh, Nick Neidert, as you mentioned, Christopher Torres, as you also mentioned, and uh, Robert Duggar, I think is his first name is Robert. It's Duggar, yes. I know that. Yeah. Um, so, And the idea is, is that D. Gordon is going to be playing center field for the Seattle Mariners. So let's start with this. Dan, when you first saw the news, what was your initial reaction? When I first saw the news, um, I got a message from a mate of mine, Jake, down under. All it said was, Dan, question mark, question mark, question mark. (laughs) And I had to sort of flick up through other notifications, and I was like, I basically said, without using the exact words, I said, um, WTF. I don't really understand it. Um, but this was pretty fresh in the news cycle, I think. Um, I think it had sort of Ken Rosenthal had just broken the story. Um, but sort of after hearing DePoto's comments and hearing Dick Gordon's comments within the next 15, 20, 25 minutes, I was like, okay, if that's the plan for him, I like it. I love it. I love D. Gordon's speed. Um, if he can play center field. Um, and I actually listened to an interview that he was doing with 710 ESPN. I think it was Danny David Moore um, yesterday afternoon. And they were talking to him about he's already reached out to guys like Ken Griffey Jr. and Mike Cameron just for advice on how to play center field in Safeco. And halfway through the interview, um, as Dee Gordon called in, Mr. Griffey actually actually called him, which is pretty cool. Um, so, hey, he's not going to be able to slot in there straight away and play perfect defense. It's going to take time. But with his athleticism, I really like it. And having him at the top of the lineup, like that just 
it basically gives you within the top two guys, if they stay healthy all year, between him and Segura, they're going to give you close to 400 hits during the year, uh, just between the two of them, and and that's going to be good for Cano, Cruz, Sega, Healy, Haniger, the guys that are following them. So after the first initial shock of going, geez, we just traded for D Gordon. Wait, <laughs> D Gordon's the middle infielder. We've got Cano at second, Segura at short. What are we doing? And then hearing Depoto's plan, you go, you know what? I'll do that deal any day of the week. And I, I know a lot of other people sort of said this on Twitter there yesterday as well. Um, and I'm right there with him. D Gordon holds probably my one of my top two or three moments that I've ever seen in Major League Baseball. That doesn't include a Mariners one. Um, him hitting that home run on the, I think the second pitch he saw after Jose Fernandez's passing. Like I watch that video still to this day, and I get goosebumps and tears. Um, it's just like Dean Gordon's not a home run hitter. He had to have help from somewhere above for that, and it just. It just gives me goosebumps every time I watch it. Yeah, it truly was an incredible moment. Um, I'm right there with you on that. Um, I, My initial reaction yesterday when I heard about the D. Gordon news is I actually had to call my friend, TJ, uh, <clears throat> to try and talk it out. And it took me 20 minutes before I uh, was even able to actually you know, look at Twitter and see what people were saying. Uh, because the second I got that notification, <laughs> I just started calling people to see if what the heck was happening. Um, <clears throat> and my initial thought was, you know, D. Gordon's a really good second baseman. Are they moving Robinson Cano to first? I mean, and then I thought, well, what are they going to do with Healy? Is Healy going to be the third baseman? Are they trading Kyle Seeger? And all those thoughts ran through my head. And then uh, ultimately, you know, it comes out that he's going to be the center fielder. Um which, uh, you know, it was a little bit puzzling to me uh, um, just because, you know, you put you put such a premium on defense in the outfield and having a guy who's never played there before, um, you know, he, now he's going to play 120 games there. That was a little bit of, that took some adjusting. But uh, when you look at the price of Nick Neidert and Christopher Torres, Torres is at least two or three years away. Um Neidert's probably a year away, but like you said, I think his absolute ceiling is Mike Leak, um, which is, you know, it's a nice pitcher, don't get me wrong, but uh, D. Gordon helps you now. Um, the slot money was nice. It turned out to not uh, matter in terms of the Otani thing, but after the initial shock and kind of sitting there and digesting it, um, you know, having D. Gordon on your on your line, or on your roster, and in the probably, the, I'm guessing the top of your lineup, probably he he'll hit uh, leadoff. Um, I mean that that's exciting, <laughs> and there's no doubt the Mariners got better yesterday. Um, they got better than where they were at the end of the year. Um, you know, I was pretty on board with the whole Gerard Dyson in center field thing, and basically what the Mariners did is they upgraded the offense in center for a downgrade in defense in center. And you still have, you know, you still have Guillermo Heredia who can go out there in the late innings. You know, you still have Mitch Haniger who's okay out there. Um, D. 
and I think uh, one of the underrated kind of aspects of this D Gordon trade is that the guy's a really good second baseman, and he is a legitimate backup shortstop. He can play a pretty decent shortstop for you if Segura goes down, which really helps to something that you've been talking about all offseason, and that is the idea of an eight-man bullpen, uh, which means only three guys on the bench. Having D Gordon, who can play up the middle, and if he can play center, he can play any of the two corner outfield spots too. I think that adds a layer of versatility on top of everything else that the Mariners have. So at the end of the day, I, w- I really, really like this trade, and I think I like it more today than I did yesterday. Um, and I'll probably like it more tomorrow than I do today, just you know because of the Otani news. But uh, I am right there with you. I really like what this does for uh, the Mariners. So are you concerned at all about his ability to play center field, or do you think he'll pick it up pretty quick? Um. I'm not too concerned. Like I said, I think I don't think it's going to happen overnight. But if, and I think I saw somewhere as well with Jerry Depoto's comments saying they're not going to bounce him around. They're going to basically leave him in center to get acclimatized to it. Um, he's he's going to make mistakes. He's going to make bad reads for the first however long. But I think his athleticism. And his pure speed that he's going to have out there. A lot of those bad reads, um, he's still going to chase the ball down and we're never going to know. Um, I don't... I think... Time. Um, but, yeah, like I said, even with a few bad reads and stuff like that, his speed is going to be enough and good enough to basically get most of the balls that probably 80% of the other center fielders are going to get anyway. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not too concerned. And, hey, if, if Junior wants to ring him and start working with him straight away, um, hey, that's always going to be a good thing. So I think one of the comments that he made um, while on 7-10 there yesterday was he's actually done a bit of training with Trey Griffey, um, Ken Griffey Jr.'s son. Um, just like a bit of workouts and stuff like that. So, hey, if he's got that connection, that's that's only going to be a good thing. Yep, uh, it certainly would be the. Uh... <laughs> sorry, the. Uh... Uh, sorry, I just got a tweet on uh, Twitter and it made me laugh. Uh, somebody tweeted that, hey, you know what? Adding Giancarlo Stanton would make this whole thing a lot better. For the <laughs> so, yes, it would, but yeah, I don't yeah, think that's, that's going to quite happen. No, that's not going to happen. But uh, yeah, you know, it was interesting. I kind of got into a little Twitter debate uh, yesterday about where D. Gordon would hit in the lineup. I personally would hit him ninth, um, which sounds counterintuitive because, you know, he's your prototypical leadoff hitter. But I would actually hit him ninth so that when the order rolls around, I get. You know, I get D. Gordon, and then I get Gene Segura, and then I get Mitch Haniger. Um, I really like Haniger in that number two spot. Um, but it sounds like the Mariners want to go with uh, they want to go with Gordon in the leadoff spot, Segura hitting two, two, then Cano, Cruz, Seager. Um, I'm guessing Healy will hit six, and then seven is going to be uh, Haniger, maybe. And again, it so it sets up a nice left, right, left, right, left, right type of uh, switch there and uh you know it's, it's just exciting to see the mariners get a guy who 
You know, when's the last time the Mariners had like a great base stealer for an entire season? I mean, Dyson was great last year, but he didn't last the entire season. And I think he ended up with what twenty eight or something like that. Yeah, I think it was pretty close to thirty. But yeah, yeah, like you said, I think in the last three years he's averaged sixty stolen bases. So behind Billy Hamilton, there's nobody that's stolen more bases in the last three or three or four years. So, and yeah. we all remember what a what a pain base running was last year. So this certainly helps. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, and if you, it's not just I suppose stealing bases too. It's it's going first to third on a single to right field, or going first to home on a double, just things like that. I think it's going to be, it's just going to help out a lot with that speed. Like if you've got him and Segura in either nine and one or one and two, like Cano is more of a double hitter anyway. So if, if those two are on first and second and Cano's up, Nine times out of ten, you're probably going to score two runs, whereas most of the other times it's only going to be one. So I think his all-round speed for stealing bases and base running is going to it's going to help the Mariners tenfold. Yep, I would tend to agree with that. So we've talked about Shohei Otani and that disappointment. We talked about the excitement of D. Gordon. Um, I guess the next thing is, and just kind of the last thing is, where do the Mariners go from here? They've added their first baseman. They've added their center fielder. The winter meetings start on Monday. I think they technically start. I think everybody gets in on Sunday, but they don't officially start till Monday. So what do the Mariners do over the next week to kind of just help with what, you know, is a pretty big loss and not signing Otani? Where do the Mariners go next? Pitching. In one word, pitching. Um, they've sort of with getting rid of Vieira and Pagan and guys like that, they need probably at least two or three relief pitches. And in a perfect world, they need two starters as well. Um, because at the moment, your fourth and fifth guys are probably Erasmo and Marcus Gonzalez because he's out of options. So, yeah, they need... They need pitching. And, hey, you miss out on Otani. Why not go out and get his fellow countryman, Darvish? That's going to be a good start. I still think they need one of those guys at the top of the rotation to, um, to I don't know, just to give him a bit more punch because he's still got Felix and Paxton at the top of that rotation. And they're, as we saw this year, their arms, I don't know if they're just hanging on or whatnot, but you need someone who's going to go out there and give you innings and you want quality innings at the top of the rotation. Like we've got guys that can give you innings like Andrew Moore and Andrew Albers and, like I said, Marco Gonzalez. But, yeah, we need... If we want to compete, um, especially now that Otani signed with the Angels... It just makes everything harder, and like we said, like you said um, with David Skiba from Diamond Bedlam, saying this is going to be interesting to work out where Jerry goes from here. This is going to be his defining moment, um, and I hope it's. I hope 
the Mariners owners and their front office go, right, if we want to compete, we need to loosen the purse strings. We need one or two good relievers and another solid reliever, and we need a top-of-the-rotation guy. Yep. Um, unfortunately, there's not really much out there. Uh, like you mentioned, Darvish, um, they haven't been linked to Arietta at all, so I don't really feel like that's a possibility. Although, to be fair, they haven't really been linked to anybody but Otani this year. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, that's you know, true. And, you know, the Mariners are very uh, as open as Jerry DePoto is with, uh, I mean, the guy has his own podcast. He's the general manager of a Major League Baseball team with a podcast. Exactly, and just Nobody quickly, else does how, that. how cool is that? Like, that that is incredibly cool. It's yeah. It's, the Mariners always do these little things that remind me. Oh yeah, that's why I root for you guys. You know, that's it's, exactly it's always, right. I'm always and on like, the brink, and I'm like, how the hell can I root for this team again? And then they do something. I go, oh, yep, that's why. <laughs> exactly, and like, how cool is it to listen to a podcast where your GM is, as Aaron Goldsmith says noting out about spin rate and things like that on his own podcast for all his fans to hear. So um, as soon as they started doing that, that was just, that was one of the coolest things I think the Mariners have done. Yeah, it, it really is incredibly cool. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, the back to the uh, the discussion here. Insanely cool, though. <laughs> I want to make sure I make yeah. that very clear. The, yeah, yeah, my bad. No, that's fine. The uh, <laughs> it's a point worth making. The Mariners are actually pretty quiet. Like nobody had a whiff of this D Gordon thing until it broke. Uh, that's kind of one of the weird things here. You don't really see a lot of, you know, sources link the Mariners to this guy or this guy. They just kind of when they make their moves, they just kind of pop up out of nowhere, and you're like, oh, whoa, oh, okay. So I mean, it is possible that the Mariners are going to be interested in you, Darvish, and Jake Arrieta. And we just don't know it yet. But there hasn't been a lot of talk connecting them or really anybody. So it's kind of tough to sit here and say, you know, hey, that's the guy that they're going to go after and get. But, uh, you know, like you mentioned, there's only, I think you Darvish is the only top of the rotation guy. Our Arietta could be Felix Hernandez, like just a big bust that you paid a lot of money yeah. for. Or he could be a really solid number two. We don't know. Um, and the only other guys out there that would kind of be considered big names and I say that almost jokingly, would be Alex Cobb and Lance Lynn. Yeah, and even those guys, like, yeah, you're probably not going to even slot them in in front of Felix. Like, if Felix comes back healthy, obviously, like, they're still only going to be threes hanging around the same sort of area as Mike Leake. So, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do and what magic Jerry's got, but he has to weave something. So, I you know, and there's still a few guys for Jerry to trade. Um, he's not going to get an ace for, you know, like you mentioned, Marco Gonzalez doesn't have any options left. He might be a guy that's interesting for a young team. Um, you know, Daniel Vogelbach doesn't make much sense. He's still around. Doesn't make much sense to have you know Ryan Healy and Daniel Vogelbach. Um, you know, you look at Andrew Moore. Um, you know, there's still some pieces. Braden Bishop, which I would be very sad if that happened, but. You know, he, he's a potential trade piece. There's still pieces for Jerry to trade, but I'm with you. I think he needs to really dive into the free agent market, and he needs to go after some guys. If he can't get you Darvish, I think he needs to get two of 
the Jaime Garcia, um, you know, I would say Tyler Chatwood, but he signed. But he needs to get two guys in that kind of area. Yeah. And just have a rotation full of number threes and number fours. And then go out and get yourself two legit bullpen guys like Brian Shaw and Jake McGee or, you know, pick two names, but two really good bullpen guys that you can count on. Um, so yeah. I think I think I'm with you. He needs to add at least two starters and at least two relievers. Definitely. Yep. Right there with you. And uh, I guess the good news is for the Mariners is that offensively they're just about done. I mean, they added their first baseman. They've added their center fielder. Um, is there anywhere that you think maybe they could look to upgrade offensively, or do you think they're pretty much done there? Yeah, no, I think they're pretty much done there. I like, I like the look of the lineup. looks really long. Whenever you're going to have Zanino batting at 8 or 9, who potentially, if he sort of stays in the same track as when he came back last year, hit 25 to 30 home runs and hitting 240. Like, I like the long, the length of the lineup. Um, especially adding D Gordon in there, so I'd be surprised if he adds anything to the lineup and to the offense. I think it's from here on out; it's all about pitching. Yeah, uh, I guess the only play maybe backup catcher, but um, I feel fine with Marjima being the backup, honestly. But I mean, if you can yeah. get a veteran at a pretty good price, why not? Yeah, that's right. That's, and then. That's it. I, I don't think they're going to make any moves at the utility spot. Not that there's a lot out there. Um, I think that they are going to, I think you're right. I think they're going to go with an eight man bullpen, which means three bench guys, which is going to be your fourth outfielder, your uh, utility guy, which I think is actually going to be D Gordon and your backup catcher. So, you know, and uh, so I think you're right there. I don't think there's much to add. Maybe, you know, they were linked to John Jay. If they happen to trade Ben Gamble, John Jay makes some sense to sign to be your left fielder. Um, you, you know, another on-base guy. He's a guy that you would hit ninth, and then you could have, you know, Jay hitting ninth, and then you flip it around to D. Gordon and Gene Segura or whatever. That's a, that's a pretty good trio right there to put in front of your big bats. But other than that, I just don't see them doing much on the offensive side. Um I I think you'll see them be very aggressive in the international market now. Um, Julio Pablo Martinez has kind of been my number two for a while now. I really hope they get him. Um, yeah, I'm there with you actually with Martinez. Um, yeah, I've seen his videos and it's he'd be basically my number one that I'd really want at the moment after missing out on Otani. Yep, I would agree with you there. So I, I think the Mariners are going to be very busy. Um, over these winter meetings, I don't know if they're going to materialize in actual deals, but I think you're going to see them talking to a lot of teams. They're going to be talking to a lot of free agents. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they added a piece or two. And I also wouldn't be shocked if Jerry had one more trade left in him. Um, I think D Gordon's going to be the quote unquote big deal that the Mariners make this year. But uh, I certainly think it's possible he makes another one. And I, I really hope it's you Darvish personally. Um, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see there. Do you have a, if you could pick any free agent to add to the Mariners, would it be you Darvish or do you have somebody else in mind? No, it's definitely you Darvish at this point. It's, um, yeah, that he's, he's the guy I want. Which means he's probably going to end up on the angels. So, yeah, probably. <laughs> so, uh, I guess that's going to do it 
here for us. Uh, Dan, do you have any final thoughts or any anything you want to wrap up with before we go? No, mate. Um, I'm all good. Awesome. So, uh, hey, this just broke down on the wire. Chris Iannetta, former Mariner, is signing with the Rockies. Um, so, good for you, Chris. But anyways, yeah. guys, just keep in mind the season's not over because the Mariners didn't get Otani. They're actually still better than the Angels. Um, they still have a lot of work to do to make the playoffs, but it's still definitely possible. So be bummed all you want, but it's not over yet. And remember, guys, Jerry Depoto's always got something up his sleeve. So be on the lookout. The winter meetings start Monday. It's a sad day for the Mariners, but it's also an exciting time to be a baseball fan. So from all of us here at SotoMojo.com, this is Colby Patnode signing off, and we'll see you guys in another life.